You're listening to the Remote Explorers podcast, a show that allows you to connect, learn, and be inspired by the stories of people who have used the power of remote work to have unconventional experiences in their lives. The podcast is hosted by Mayur and Shahzada, who are experienced and equally curious remote workers. Hey guys, Welcome to the first episode of Remote Explorers podcast. In today's episode, we have a very special guest with us. He's someone with over 9 years of experience that includes being an early employee at high growth companies like Byju's, Your Story, and now at Springworks. Abhash Kumar thrives in early and rapid growth stage startup environments. Currently, he heads marketing at B2B-focused HR tech company, Springworks, which is on its way to becoming a fully remote company. So today in the podcast, we will be discussing with Abash on his journey from starting an e-learning startup in college to heading marketing at Springworks. We will also talk about the transformation that Springworks is going through in becoming a remote-friendly company. He will give us some insights about how Springworks supported its employees during the lockdown period. We will talk about his opinion on the future of e-learning and how can we create sustainable communities virtually. Hello everyone. Welcome to Remote Explorers. This is me, Shahzada. And this is Mayur. Hey, this is Abhash. Abhash, uh, first of all, I would like to thank you for joining us today on our show. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I was I was going through your uh, LinkedIn profile, and it was very interesting for me to see uh, that did you do your high school and all your schooling from uh, Jharkhand? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, I did my uh, is it. High school, yeah, I think tenth is called high school, right? So that I did from Devgar, which is a small town in Jharkhand, and then for my uh, uh, senior secondary schooling, which is you know eleventh and twelfth, I went to a slightly bigger. Uh, I don't know if it can be called a city. It's uh, Bokaro, uh, again in Jharkhand. Uh, so yeah, all my schooling has happened in Jharkhand. How did this uh, newly graduate? a uh, kid started a, a e-learning platform tell us a little bit more about it sure i mean that's definitely an interesting story so uh, like i said 11th 12th quota all of these were kind of years of uh, for the lack of a better word mediocrity uh, so i was a good student till 10th but i did not perform up to my uh standards in i would say the 3 years and then i came into university and there was this whole amount of new freedom right you could do anything and so even the first 3 years of college uh first second and third year i would say were years of mediocrity uh where i was you know spending time watching movies tv series and you know roaming around with friends all the regular college stuff right and then something so there there was this inflection point in fourth year uh when you know in august or september of 2010 there was this business plan competition that was and this was the first time a business plan competition was uh, uh organized as part of the cultural fest and there was a prize money involved like 
actual cash 60000 rupees and then my friend uh, good friend close friend priyadeep sinha uh, and uh, me and one more friend actually mikhil uh, who i now remember i have not been in touch for a long time the three of us we decided to participate in this business plan competition and let me tell you this was the most grueling thing i had done in say 5 6 years like i said right the years of mediocrity and that changed the whole aspect like in th- that was a three day event where we were supposed to present you know different aspects of the business every day and i think in those 72 hours we wouldn't have spent more than 10 to 12 hours sleeping most of the time we were you know making presentations honing our pitch that kind of stuff and we actually ended up winning that so that was a big deal for me uh, not so much for priyadeep who had been doing this for some time so he he was the kind of guy who would you know participate in all kinds of events organize events but i was not that guy i was the guy sitting in the room watching tv series on laptop so that was the inflection point for me and for us and what we then did is we took this business plan competition to several other colleges right the same business uh, idea uh, of course we honed the pitch a little more and you know we used some hacks which were true back then so in 2010 uh, of course you know business pitches were not being judged by entrepreneurs it was really just the professors of the college itself and the kind of hacks we did were you know we wore ties and proper suited up for our pitches which would just not fly with a startup crowd in 2020 but it just worked with the college uh, academic crowd in 2010 and uh, yeah we took that business plan competition i think we won in iit kanpur in fact two of our ideas were selected in the top 10 the one of the idea the main idea ended up winning uh, i think we also we missed our train to iit khadakpur uh, we went and won in iit suratkal and a couple more colleges i we lost in iim bangalore we were not selected in iit bombay which is something that i still uh, think that was unfair to us but yeah it was fun and then what happened is the university started an incubator the manipal university technology business incubator and incubators were not a regular thing back then only some of the iits had uh, incubators and uh, so we were the first company which was given an opportunity to get incubated at mutbi so we actually started the company when we were in eighth semester of college in the final semester of college so we ended up taking that opportunity and we were the first company to be uh incubated at the uh, manipal university technology business incubator and the name of the company was adon gyan educational services private limited quite a long name but uh, we shortened it later for gyan lab to gyan lab i'm i'm really curious to know with what did you do with those 60000 rupees <laughs> <laughs> i i do remember uh i used it to pay some of my college fees uh i remember and uh, i also remember that i on a weekend and this was a long weekend i think i came to bangalore and stayed with a uh, you know friends who were studying in bangalore and i spent like 20000 rupees that weekend you know just shopping and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just doing you know college college uh, student yeah. stuff you, you must be like 20 21 years old that time How how old were you? Yeah, it's twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Abhash, uh, 
I remember back in 2013 we met at a GMAT yes. meeting center yes. for a mock test. Yeah. Uh, both of us didn't do MBA, so why did you choose a path which was not normal back then? Sure, sure. I do remember, Mayur. Uh, this is, I mean, this has to be one of the most uh, not weird, but you know, strange places to meet in the sense that. So what I was doing uh, was uh, I don't know if I told you this on that day, Mayur. So I was uh, with Byju's right in two thousand and twelve, and I think by the time we met, I had already quit Byju's, but I was helping another ex colleague of mine who was. starting something in the same space and and this i'm talking about 2012 when byju's was just about cat you know cat coaching uh, mba training sorry and uh, so this guy had also was also trying to start something of his own and i had gone to this coaching institute to kind of see what they are doing right so it was more of competitor research uh, for which i had gone for this <laughs> demo class or mock test or so whatever you can call it so yeah i mean uh, interesting uh, that you know both of us ended up not pursuing mba uh, especially for me given the fact that you know i was with byju's for a year and most of the year was spent uh, with you know mba uh, coaching candidates mba training candidates and uh, you know every weekend i was with 200 to 250 uh, people who were taking byju's classes and this i was in hyderabad chennai bangalore uh, on separate weekends but mba uh, having you know tasted entrepreneurship in 2011 2010 11 that phase uh, mba was never something that i had really uh, gotten an interest in because i felt like this was not the best use of uh, if not time definitely not money and uh, so yeah for a brief while maybe for 3 months or so uh, when i was at byju's and i had gotten very good at cracking those questions because you know uh, by the virtue of uh, uh, you know attending so many of those classes uh, that was the only time when i had some plans for mba but otherwise i have never been a fan of you know spending 2 years or 1 year and so much of money which can be better spent in you know running your own business with that same amount of time and money and you can learn so much more right so yeah that's the reason yeah i think i have the same story i had a phase where i thought okay i really want to do mba because uh, nothing else seemed uh, interesting so i said okay let's choose the uh, better of the two evils yeah <laughs> but then uh, yeah i dropped the plan uh, so my next question to is you know you are at your story curating events uh, now you are you know leading the saas marketing uh, you know uh, saas marketing role like swing works uh, so how did the transformation happen sure so the your story uh, getting into your story that also is in sto- is a story in itself uh, so like i said i was with byju's in 2012 when i was there for around 10 or 11 months and uh, then i quit uh, byju's for several reasons which i don't want to discuss here but uh, when i quit byju's i decided to give myself an year or two just to figure out what i wanted to do 
like you said, uh, right? Uh, lesser of two evils, that kind of stuff. So I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I absolutely loved my job at Baiju's, but there were several other reasons for which I uh, quit it. And uh, then in the year of 2013, yes, that is when we met, right? So in 2013, I was doing many things. Uh, I did several odd jobs as well. So, of course, like I said, I was helping this colleague uh, uh, get his uh, coaching institute off the ground. Uh, one time, at one point, I think for three or four months, I also tutored uh, three or four French kids. And uh, how I uh, uh, ended up doing that is, you know, I had gone to a friend's apartment to play tennis and uh, I played for like three, four weeks uh, regularly. And these two, two other men were also, you know, kind of playing with us. And then they said, hey, we are looking for tutors. I mean, there was some conversation which led to that. And then I said, hey, I have free time. I can, I can, you know, tutor your kids. And then I would go every evening, help them with their homework, that kind of stuff. So my goal was to also kind of learn French from them. But that didn't happen because they, of course, needed help with their homework much more than I needed help with French. And uh, meanwhile, I was also attending all these startup events, right? So because I had already started up and uh, Bangalore being the hub of startups uh, back in 2012, mostly events were done by startup events were done by either your story or at that time, now it's called Next Big What, but at that time it was called uh, Plugged In. So these were the only two platforms which were doing things for startups. And Your Story was a slightly bigger platform. So most of the startup events were being done by Your Story. And this was a 15-person team back then, I think. So by the time I attended five or six of their events, I knew everyone. Like starting from Shraddha, who is the founder, to Alok. And back then there were Chandan, Varsha and all of these people. Uh, people who know Your Story of the past will know these names. So by the time six to eight months into it i knew everyone at your story and what happened was one day i was coming back from a bigger event and shraddha gave me lift gave me a lift to you know come back from that so this event was something somewhere far off uh, in one corner of bangalore and then in the car she told me hey you've been attending you know so many events we almost know you why don't you come and join us and do community building for us and that's how i came into your story uh, so at your story, I started off with doing community building and then I started writing stories. Writing has always been something that I've loved. I've been uh, doing writing for a while. And uh, then I was the guy who was the backup for the social media guy, right? So 24-7, uh, it was mostly social media was because this is a media company, right? Stories come. Stories don't wait for a cycle they are coming you know 24 7 so whenever he used to take a break i would be the backup social media guy and uh, one day you know that person decided to leave so the uh, i was tasked with you know running social media and then i was the one person social media team hired another person and so on and then uh, when i left i was uh, heading the marketing team which was like six to seven people so yeah that's the story behind uh, being at your story and of course like you said events were one of the big thing uh, with your story like most like 50 percent of the revenue when we when i was back there used to come from events so we did small big you know 10 person events to 2000 person events uh, i think i would have done at least 200 during my time there at your story yeah 
So you're currently in uh, SaaS marketing role at Springworks. Correct, so, correct. So that was yeah. the question I got. <laughs> I got uh, taken into memory lane. I went back into memory lane. Yeah. And why, why don't we include another question in this in in sure. the same question? Sure. Let's uh, let's talk about um, your trans. Let's talk about the transformation to SaaS marketing, and also talk about your your uh, outlook towards remote work. When did it started opening up, and when did you realize, hey, that's that's what the future of working is? How how did that journey of uh, going towards remote working started for you? Sure, sure. So both of them, I would say, getting into SaaS marketing and uh, 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 you know uh, moving to remote, both of them are recent happenings. I would say it's just two months, I think three months back. Uh, uh, that you know all this covid thing happened so the remote thing is mostly a month or two old for us at springworks and the saas marketing is also like a couple of months or maybe 3 months old so where i'm coming from is you know we had this platform called springroll so springworks is the parent brand and uh, springroll is what we started off with and springroll is basically a verified professional profile platform so it's basically linkedin but whatever you put on linkedin is not verified right i can literally write i am the ceo of remote explorers and there is no way to uh, for anyone to verify that so that was the point with uh, uh, building spring roll where you know everything that you write may, may it be your educational experience your work experience all of that is verified so it started off with this b2c platform and uh, then we kind of went into you know at uh, on the on the lines of verifying stuff uh, we started working with some third party vendors to do background verification your old school back and we figured out that they are very old school legacy companies right so some of the processes required you to manually fill up paper forms and this this i'm talking about in 2019 so that just looked ridiculous to us and that's when we kind of came in with our technical intervention uh, into the space and then we launched our background verification product so still we are not a uh, uh, it was not a subscription or you know pure play saas product kind of where did this saas thing come into play is when this whole covid thing started so we always had this on our roadmap where we wanted to build so all of the things that we are doing till now what we what i spoke about is pre onboarding right till the point the candidate has joined the company and to be a full stack hr tech solution you also have to build post onboarding solutions which is how do you retain employees how do you keep them engaged uh, how do you ensure that you are getting regular feedback from the employees and we had these products in our mind we had these products on our roadmap but covid accelerated all of that so of course some of our main revenue took a hit which was our background verification service you know people are not i mean companies are not hiring anymore so there is not going to be any background verification right so that revenue took a hit and that's when we decided hey let's not get bogged down by this let's just accelerate the product roadmap that we already have discussed several times and that's when we decided to build this saas products so uh, i think by the time this comes out we will have launched one product but we haven't till now as of today uh, so i just give you a couple of examples of the products that we have built and we have chosen you know uh, communication or to build on top of communication tools like slack and microsoft teams 
purely because you know with remote work picking up most of the teams will have to use one or both of these not both of these like one of these communication tools so we started off with building a slack app that essentially allows you to conduct uh, uh conduct sounds like a very serious word uh, fun quizzes inside of slack so you start a quiz inside slack all the options come there and the whole idea with this is to you know bring your remote team together a real in real time for a 5 minute break to your work day so you have been working uh, throughout the day how do you but how do you bring the team together uh, on a single platform so these are the ideas that we have we are building another app uh, which is you know basically to uh, uh, um, give kudos to or shout out to your colleagues for something that they helped you with so this is called spring engage and several other apps right uh, to take uh, employee feedback uh, pulse surveys uh stand up bot so all of these are the apps that now we are building and that's that's where we are going into a pure play saas model right self serve saas and so it it has been a learning experience for me as well and i wouldn't call myself a saas marketer till now because i am in the learning phase i am there are of course playbooks out there but there are so many new things in the sense that we are building specifically for slack and microsoft teams so there is not much playbook out there so i'm trying to you know kind of experiment with things figure out uh, how to go about it but it's fun man i would i'll i'll say it's really fun like it's the most amount of fun i've had in the past two months and on your other question which is you know going remote so what happened is uh, by mid march we had already kind of uh, you know sent everyone home in the sense that we asked them to work from home uh this was you know 10 days before the lockdown happened in india and uh one month into it we kind of figured out hey everyone is more productive uh than they used to be when they were back in office and the caveat here is of course that it also worked out for us because we were already kind of primed for remote in the sense that we already were pretty fine with people taking 2 to 3 days work from home in a week if they wanted to as long as work gets done that has always been our philosophy we uh, just look at the output as a function of the input of the uh, work that you do so and one month into it we were like oh this is working out well for us uh, when we had discussed a couple of times about going remote but that was that was it right it was just a discussion something that we envisioned that will happen in the future and then this thing happens and people have been working remotely for a month and no problem has occurred uh, till that point so we figured you know why not do a pulse survey of the employees and figure out where they stand and this is something that i would like to emphasize this is a decision that you should not be taking as a management team so it's not this the decision of the ceo or you know the cmo and so on this is a decision that you have to take as a team right as the whole company has to come together and so we were at this point we are 100 plus and so we did a pulse survey uh, you know we asked questions like uh, uh, do you feel more pr- productive do you feel more as a part of the company uh, are we doing enough to keep you engaged that kind of stuff right so it's a question that which reminds me i should probably outsource the question in the, in the sense reveal it to the public what kind of feedback survey we did but the we were surprised not surprised uh, in the sense that uh, the feedback was overall positive towards doing remote work but surprised in the sense that more than 80% of the company wanted 
to you know for us to go remote for a while so on may 6th we took this decision to go remote and to begin with just because we don't want to shock the system we have said hey till december we are all going to be working from home uh and the the one thing that it has also helped us with is you know clarity so more than anything the uh, you know people are already so anxious about their health about their about all of this and then the clarity that hey you know we are definitely going to be working from home till december just gives them one less thing to worry about so i am i have several friends who are you know stuck at home they had gone home for holi and they were just stuck at home and then lockdown happened right and now their company are companies are forcing them to come back to bangalore and so that is one less of a headache for all the employees at springworks so that is why we decided to go remote on may 6th yeah i mean uh, you spend so much time commuting in big cities and commuting yeah. it just one worry you don't get time for yourself and it's a great decision to you know as a company take the right decision correct so even before that uh, like i said right we our work timings are like 1 to 8 pm was 1 to 8 pm now of course we have kind of scaled it you know because everyone is at home the whole idea behind doing that was to skip some of the peak traffic one two everyone gets their first half free so till you know 11 11:30 ish you can choose to do whatever you please so like i said uh, uh some of the days i think 10 or 15 of us would go and play cricket in the mornings and that's just not possible for any you know regular employee uh, who works 9 to 5 right because by 8 8:30 you have to leave home so yeah so like i said one of the things that helped us a lot was we were primed for this and uh, now of course yeah right like you said uh, you know the whole commute is out of the equation so that means you are spending more time uh, doing things also because now you're kind of forced to do a couple of things like you know sweeping your house or cleaning dishes and making food all of that because there is no one to do that for you but uh, yeah i mean it helps uh, you have the option and right it's all about the choice uh, that's what it is about yeah abash one of your tweets we saw that springworks made an open source document for for employees and uh, for talents correct what what was the whole idea about uh, launching that open source document during the pandemic sure so uh, this is something we call the back to work project and this actually we launched this for the first time pre pandemic in january uh, so this was a point where you know oyo had major round of one major round of layoffs uh, i think mid of january or something and they laid off some 2000 plus people i mean the number is still not confirmed some say 1200 some say 2000 plus so this is when we launched the uh, uh, the repository or the open source a uh, 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 google sheet is it is essentially a google sheet right so, so the idea was you know we don't want to kind of profit off from this as in we could have you know used a paywall to put it behind a paywall and only if recruiters pay for it will you be able to uh, see this these details the whole idea was to help these recently laid off candidates so how can we help them is you know uh, 
one way is to give these candidates access to as many recruiters as possible and being in the business that we are in we already have access to so many recruiters right we, because we are in the hr tech space but then we decided if we just keep this public google sheet then you know anyone and everyone can get instant access to the google sheet and they can see the kind of profiles their linkedin ids uh the linkedin profile sorry and uh, we just removed the email from the equation because you know spammers are just out there and this is a public sheet and then yeah of course so this helped a lot of people this kind of went viral in jan as well uh, during the oyo layoffs uh but then also there were some miscreants who would you know put uh, sh- some shitty uh, pawn links that kind of stuff because it was a public sheet right anyone can come in and write stuff so then we decided to just put it behind one paywall in the sense that you have to at least put your name and email id to get that uh, uh, data just to you know you not allow these uh, miscreants to misuse the sheet for their own purposes or whatever like uh, so then this pandemic thing happened and the layoffs just started coming one after yeah. the other right all these companies are laying every other day you have some big company doing layoffs and then we decided hey we already have this uh, thing that we have put in place and uh, we kept getting feedback from several of these uh, laid off candidates that they received uh, if not jobs at least some interviews from this google sheet did people come and tell you that oh thank you so much for this for this yeah yes yes they did uh, because i had shared this on twitter and linkedin i would start receiving i started receiving dms on twitter and you know linkedin messages saying hey uh, thank you for doing this you know uh, so and so recruiter reached out and i got a couple of interviews because of this and uh, then when of course the uh, 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 the round of layoffs started happening post pandemic i mean we are still in pandemic so uh, when the pandemic started uh, then we start uh, then we kind of started promoting this again and uh, thankful to the uh, uh, janta on twitter who have been you know helping with retweets and all because everyone wants to help uh, these candidates this has now been seen by at least uh i mean i'm talking about the uh, project itself has been seen by at least 2 million plus people in terms of the views and we have now 800 plus recruiters on that list on the subscription list uh, these are 800 plus recruiters who have downloaded the list uh of course because we don't track with each candidate hey what has happened to you we don't have data on you know quantitative data on Uh, how many people got placed because of this and all so there are 2000 plus candidates on the list but qualitatively i can say like i keep receiving messages so must have helped a lot yeah. good good karmas for springworks <laughs> correct correct so yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the by product right so we didn't yeah. do it uh, for you know some kind of branding or whatever uh, if it happens as a by product that that's good and that's the kind of marketing i love uh so side project marketing is something which is you know very close to my heart that is the best kind of marketing uh, according to me so you build some value and i mean of course the value can also be uh, had via emails or you know like doing podcast like this uh but you know if you are in the process able to build a product and with the no code movement now you know anyone can build products right you don't really need to have coding knowledge and in the process if you are able to add value to some people like tangible value 
nothing like it that is the best kind of marketing according to me uh so coming back to remote uh, you have already said that uh, springworks will be remote till end of 2020 uh, yes. you also given up some office space uh, yes. so what's the future roadmap in terms of uh, being a remote company sure so uh, uh, like i said may 6th we decided to go remote and uh, just you know didn't want to shock the system by saying hey we are going to be fully remote from here on here on but i don't see us coming back into an office uh, after this i mean for all all said and done I, you know if any of the employees from springworks is listening to this watching this we are a fully remote company uh, at least uh, uh, you know uh, the founder karthik and uh, you know the other uh, senior management team we are convinced about it and of course like i said the feedback from the employees is also majorly positive of course we will do you know couple more pulse surveys uh, uh, leading up to december to gauge the, uh, uh, you know, uh, how the feedback is, uh, you know, three months down the line, six months down the line, and at the end of December. Uh, because like I said, it should be a team thing and not just, you know, a management team deciding. Uh, but yeah, uh, in terms of going remote, so what we did is we gave up two out of three of our uh, floors of our office. Uh, we have retained one, you know, just in case, but more importantly, because we are an ISO certified company. So in terms of, you know, uh, uh, the regulation, we have to have kind of an office space. So that's also the bigger reason why we have that floor. Uh, so then what we did is, you know, if no one is coming to office, then what do you do with all the monitors, the keyboards, the chairs, right? So which we've invested so much in. So we said, hey, whoever is in Bangalore, uh, we are pretty sure most of them uh, don't have work from home setups, right? So we started as soon as the lockdown was eased down a little, we started shipping monitors to them, keyboards to them, uh, chairs, of course, if someone wanted to come into office because chair is not something that you can really ship. So anyone with a car could come and, you know, take chairs or, you know, many people volunteered uh, to deliver this stuff to people, uh, other colleagues who st uh, stayed nearby their houses and all of that happened. And... Uh, what do we do then about the people who are not in Bangalore, who, who had left Bangalore by then or were outside of Bangalore? Uh, and also for, you know, it's not just about chairs and monitors. There are other stuff as well, right? So, for example, UPS is very important because you're going to be working out of your home and power cuts are a real thing in India, right? So and even internet, uh, right, uh, routers, not everyone has the best of routers. So what we did is we said, hey, we will do this one time 10,000 rupees for each employee. And of course, you can voluntarily say, hey, I don't want this if your salary is you know, on the higher side. But uh, anyone can you know, choose to uh, uh, kind of invoice this. You can use it for anything. You can use it for a UPS. You want a better table. You want a better router. Whatever helps you be more productive. Uh, whatever helps you be available uh, uh, throughout the day for your other colleagues uh, during the work time, of course, uh, you know, use this money towards that. Uh, no questions asked. Just you know, in, send send us the invoice. We will reimburse in the next uh, it in the next salary. And we also did a couple more things uh, specifically for you know the pandemic because there are many people. So, for example, I am uh, married. 
but it's just me and the wife, right? So we don't have as much responsibility as someone with a family, you know, maybe they have kids and all of them are out of school. So they have this added responsibility of, uh, you know, uh, doing stuff for their family. Maybe they have older parents. And so this anxiety is out there, right? So what we did is we said, hey, people who have uh, lesser responsibilities, why don't you donate some of your leaves, right? and we made a common pool out of it, leave pool. And anyone who wanted to use this, you know, some uh, if you wanted to take a day off just to handle something for your kid or for your parents or for your family, you could, you know, dip into this common pool and use this. And uh, this was just a nice thing to do apart from, you know, the utility of it. And uh, these are the kind of things that we want to do to, you know, uh, keep be there for the team and, you know, show that, hey, we, it's not just a company. Uh, we are here for each other uh, through this time, uh, this difficult time and uh, that kind of stuff. And then again, uh, apart from doing all of this, of course, we have to keep the team engaged, like I said. So we are building tools for that. And uh, so that's what, like all of the ideas for these tools have come from our personal experience now that we are on Slack Uh, the whole day so how do you keep the team engaged so we started doing these zoom calls right every 5 30 pm and this is something that typically many companies have picked up so they will designate a half an hour 45 minutes and we started playing lots of games so we did started doing kahoot there's something called kahoot uh, which we use for quizzes so you know uh, someone would volunteer to do a quiz on a particular theme and then you know everyone would participate and you know can you explain the game to the listeners Sure. So Kahoot, uh, it's like an online platform where you can build your own quizzes. And uh, then what it what happens is you can then uh, stream the quiz by sharing your uh, uh, screen, whoever has whoever is the quiz master. And then there is an app or, you know, you can also use it on your browser uh, where options will show up and you have to in real time, you have to choose options. And that's that way you are playing, you know, uh, a real time quiz with everyone. So that was a lot of fun. And then we decided, hey, why can't this be done inside of Slack? Why do we need to, you know, uh, go to a new platform, you know, have people download these apps and then you have to stream uh, your screen, you have to share your screen. So we decided to build this quiz app inside of Slack. And this is trivia. And I think uh, by the time this podcast comes out, this should be live uh, on the Slack app store. And... um, then we said, hey, uh, so in office, it was quite easy, right? I, I mean, we always had this uh, uh, concept of, you know, giving a shout out to our colleagues. Uh, peer-to-peer recognition was always a thing that we did. Uh, but it's easier when you're in an office setting, right? Because right there and you, I mean, still the shout outs were happening on Slack, but it's it was just, you know, the celebration was like, hey, we clap for each other or, you know. Yeah. Uh, if there is a cake cutting uh, uh, happening on a particular evening, you just uh, also announce these other things, right? And uh, then we said, hey, why can't we do this inside Slack? So we build an app that basically, you know, you say at whatever the name of your colleague is, and you give them either a kudos or a shout out, and then you give the reason for the shout out. So that then that makes it a very uh, team thing, right? Everyone is now uh, reacting with emojis, Hey, well done, that kind of stuff. And we went a step ahead and said, each 
kudos or shout out should mean something tangible i mean the 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 act of doing that itself is a good thing but to turn it into something tangible what we did is we now assign points to so kudos is 10 points shout out is 50 points and of course we are evolving this we are bringing more stuff into this and these points then convert into actual monetary value also so for now what it hap- what happens is for a certain uh, when you hit a certain number uh, you can convert this into an amazon gift voucher and going forward we will have all kinds of uh, redemptions possible so and we have allotted a budget to this so uh, now that we have gone remote we have allotted a budget of 9 lakhs uh, in uh, annually uh, distributed among employees you can you know uh, so if there are say 100 employees each of them gets around 900 rupees to allocate to this kudos shout out thing and uh, you know maybe one person gets a lot of it they can convert it into some monetary value so yeah these are some of the things that come to my mind that we have been doing in fact a couple of days earlier we uh, are doing another 3000 rupees in reimbursement just for headphones so we realized that many people are you know uh, using uh, uh, the laptop mic and all which is not the best yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. so we decided to kind of and then again in a sense if you look at it it just makes logical sense also like you want your employees to be more productive you want your meetings and calls to not be about you know 30 minute call if you're spending 5 10 minutes just saying hey can you hear me can you see me i'm not audible and all of that that's just not productive right so it makes sense for us as a company also to ensure that you know everyone has the best setup uh in in if you look at it from a selfish perspective company's selfish perspective right so even in that scenario it makes sense so it's not just something nice to do it's something logical to do to increase productivity for the company so everything that you just said seems that the company is really sensitive to to its employees and uh, and that that gives a really good message to the people that are hearing to it so my next question is very relatable to what we we just discussed what suge- what suggestions would you give to 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 entrepreneurs to to employers uh to deal with with the situation of pandemic with sensitivity for their employees correct correct definitely and uh, so this is something that i am proud of and i mean i mean i have worked at four companies now four five companies now and uh, uh, empathy is something we are in terms of empathy uh, we are quite high quite up there if there was a benchmark for empathy uh, at springworks and uh, when you are coming from that that background of you know so empathy is so we have this thing called a culture manifesto which has like these 10 core tenets and one of them is empathy starts at home and by home we mean office so you will only be able to empathize with your users uh with the people that you are going to use your products is when you start with that empathy at the workplace itself right and i have this example of uh, i was just i got reminded of this just now because uh, it came up on my feed in the memories thing on facebook and in 2017 i think yeah in 2017 fresh desk the chennai based saas company i mean the 
biggest SaaS name, that SaaS brand that we have coming out of India. It rebranded itself to Freshworks, right? Now it's called Freshworks. And they had this full page ad in the newspaper. And uh, it it had this line uh, which said, I, I forget the exact line, but I found this very interesting that they said, we want it to be the best company for employees, users, and other stakeholders. And I, I even in my post, when I wrote that post, I said I might be reading too much into it. But given the fact that this is, you know, a big brand and someone would have taken a look at the copy before it went into print, right? It's very subtle and very interesting that employees come first, right? I, we want it to be the best company for employees and then users and then stakeholders last. So that is a very important and subtle thing that I saw in that. And I was very interested in that, you know, a company which takes care of its employees. If you take care of your employees, your employees will take care of your clients and users. So if you if you come from that background, if you come with that mindset, it becomes much more important, uh, sorry, it becomes much more easy uh, for you to de- uh, then see those results happening across uh, whatever your employees do, right? So like I, like I said with for the uh, last answer, this is not just something that you do because it's a good to have. This just makes logical sense for you to be empathetic with your employees, with their problems. Because if your employees... If you take care of your employees, they will essentially be more productive. They will be more uh, 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 cognizant of what they are doing, how they are interacting with your clients. Many of them, I mean, everyone from uh, uh, from an employee who is building a product uh, to someone who is selling that product, to someone who is marketing that product, to customer service, to customer success, everyone is one touch point away from the client right and this empathy is kind of a virtuous cycle you begin with your employees it gets translated into everything that you do so it just makes logical sense uh, for you to be empathetic with your employees so so in short whatever you just said is is to have this community community feeling in, in your organization where everybody feels very transparent and connected with each yeah. other. Okay. Right. And, and, and all the, and even the work that you were doing at your story was, was all around creating events, creating communities for human beings. Right. Yeah. So yeah. as, as we live in this world now, since last two and a half months, uh, where anything we can do virtually, we try and do it virtually. virtually. So the aspect of community yeah. How would you recommend people, the people who are listening to this podcast right now, how can they have the, the whole sense of community and create that digitally? Sure. Uh, so, of course, one aspect of it is, you know, the platforms itself, right? So where are you going to build this community? Is it going to be Slack? Is it going to be Facebook? And these are the debates that happen a lot. Uh, but more importantly, Communities are built on value, right? Uh, yeah. I've been part I mean, of... I mean, that's what my my question is. Because when you are in a co-location organization, yeah. you can meet uh, Rahul from the HR team at the water cooler. 
and tell him, hey, bro, what's up? You know, I, I saw your new car and, and it's, it seems really nice. Sure. But how do you have that? How do you have that uh, that that chill vibe uh, working yeah. virtually? Sure. Uh, so we uh, I'll give you our example. So we have tried several things for this. Uh, I wouldn't say we have perfected it. Uh, this is something that we are still working on. Uh, so within Slack, if you see, there are several apps. So there is an app called Donut. And what it does is if you install that app, what it will do is it will randomly pick up two people and connect them uh, over a message. So and what then you are supposed to do is you are supposed to get in touch with them over a call and ask, you know, hey, how is it going? The app will nudge you with uh, questions to ask that kind of stuff. Uh, we use another, we just started using another thing called Icebreaker, uh, which is essentially, again, the same thing. You get on a video, uh, uh, you ask, you know, personal questions as in personal in the sense, non-work related questions. So, you know, you 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 do fun stuff like this. And uh, uh, like I said, one of the things, uh, uh, the aspect of community comes from, you know, recognizing your peers for the good work that they are doing, right? So that's where uh, the kudos shout out thing comes in. Uh, but apart from this, uh, you know, every once in a while get on a video call, right? Because uh, as humans, we are primed uh, uh, to, you know, recognize faces, you know, uh, like you said before recording this, should we be doing this on video? Yes, it makes the conversation better because we are now looking at, you know, faces rather than, you know, this uh, talking head uh, in your mind. The eye-to-eye magic can, can, can happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Eye-to-eye yeah. magic can happen. So those are some of the things. And uh, of course, uh, we also do fun stuff just to ensure that, you know, people come together. So what we did recently is uh, uh, we said, hey, let's do a work-from-home video together as a team. And uh, there are there there is a concept of champions in our company. So these are not managers as such, but each person has a four to six or eight people, four to six, four to six people along with them. And they are responsible for kind of ensuring that, you know, uh, any announcement that comes through or, you know, if we roll out a new policy as such, or, you know, if there is any problem, this is the person that you can reach out to. For this group of five or six people, there is one person that is allotted. And that person is called a champion. This person is not a manager. This person need not be someone senior to you. Uh, you could be senior and you could be part of this team and the champion might be a junior, right? So we have this concept, uh, uh, like I said, of champions. So what we did is, uh, what we're doing is a couple of things, you know, work from home video. So we said, hey, all of the champions, now you're supposed to come up with a theme uh, of how you have been doing uh, uh, work from home and not the work part. So what else you have been doing to keep yourself engaged? So, you know, teams came up with things like doing yoga together. And then, you know, it's a set of videos of that team, all of them doing Surya Namaskar. Then there is a, a set of videos of people cooking, set of videos of people, you know, cleaning their house. And it's all fun stuff. So that's the kind of uh, uh, thing which brings people together. And the idea was, of course, to, you know, uh, uh, push out this video to the public. But the output itself is not something uh, that we are proud of in the sense this is not something that will go viral. 
uh, it's all you know people acting awkwardly uh, you know doing random stuff uh, uh, it just the video just doesn't flow although we will still put it out there but the whole point of it was that the team came together and they did something they you know brainstormed on a particular topic and they did something together so those are the kind of things that we are uh, trying to do to uh, make keep that sense of community still there with the team great i loved your answer i was going through your instagram and mm-hmm. i i saw a lot of pictures uh, of you talking about how much you love travel and on your hiking tracks i mean i uh, i know everybody on instagram right now is a traveler <laughs> me as well uh, yeah. but uh, um i i see that i i see that i saw that magic in your eyes on these pictures when you were in kerala traveling uh and being in a hostel <laughs> so um see as remote working gives you this opportunity to work from wherever you want do you see yourself uh, in some day becoming this hybrid version of a digital nomad where you are you know working and then you're traveling no i'll be honest the thought has crossed my mind more than yeah. a dozen times uh, i mean it, i mean it's just something that which is very aspirational right you see all these people uh working with their laptops on this hammock on a beach somewhere in bali right so it's that's it's, that's me that's me that's that's what great. i mean <laughs> awesome awesome i mean uh and i there is always this jealousy kind of a thing uh when you see people like this right so i would say yes definitely something that has on be that has been on my mind and uh, if you're talking about you know being truly remote that is where you want to be at right so your employees can be literally anywhere as long as they have a stable internet connection right so yeah i mean uh, why not uh, even with uh, uh, our remote team we would want to get to that point coming back to at a personal level uh, yes like you said on instagram everyone has a, is a traveler has wanderlust right but uh, uh, i would say i am a i am a, a, a i am someone with a with the wanderlust as such but uh, i have been a very big fan of the zostel uh, uh, as the concept of zostel right which is basically you know uh, all of you come together in a hostel you might not know each other and they you know actively discourage uh, uh, you know groups of more than four people to stay together right the, because the whole point is you mingle with all these people from different cultures who have come from different parts of the country so yeah the zostel experience the instagram post that you're talking about was the zostel experience from wagaman which is in kerala and it's it's a lovely place man i would highly recommend you to visit it once whenever this thing gets over uh, which does not look like it will any time soon but uh, it's just that you know uh, hanging out with these people who were complete strangers and then within a day or two it's like you have known them forever right you're doing crazy adventurous stuff with them and uh, there was uh, uh, there was this guy from uh, uh, there was this guy called Justin there and uh, uh, he was he had this uh, a jeep and he has found he has found these places i wouldn't call it a hike as such because 80% of the way he takes you on his jeep and that is the craziest jeep ride i've ever had in my life and most probably ever will like he's literally taking his jeep to a mountain <laughs> 
and the kind of things that he pulled off on that you know uh, uh, trek the jeep trek crazy man you like you have to be there to experience it i can not explain the kind of thrill that we had so yeah that kind of experience i would love to have you know if if there is an opportunity to say hey uh for this particular week i will be available for the team uh but i will be taking let's say let's call it a you know if if there are five day if they if it is a five day work week let's call it a three day holiday and the rest of the time whenever i find time i will work uh, uh on the important stuff uh, something you know which is which requires me to be there which is critical uh and then you know take take off and just you know spend half day or you know 8 to 10 hours doing this kind of stuff and eke out that 4 to 5 hour time to work on what's important that's the life right i mean at the end of the day the output is what is important not you know not you being there online for 10 hours or 11 hours so yeah why not definitely something that i would look forward to uh yeah so i am building uh, something in goa called nomad gao which yes. is a co-working co-living place where people stay together uh, work together cook together eat together uh it's kind of similar to zostel i would say because i'm a big fan of zostel myself i've stayed in zostels all over india even in nepal uh yeah. so yeah we are just adding a layer of uh, you know uh work infrastructure to it uh, to yeah. make it uh, more appealing to remote workers or digital nomads yeah i mean that's a great idea so for something like zostel i can't imagine how i would be able to spend more than 3 4 5 days right because uh, 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 you know you have this more of a uh, bunker kind of a bunker bed kind of a setting uh, i mean there are of course private rooms as well but if i want to you know go there go somewhere and you know work for like say 3 weeks 4 weeks at a time i would want something with something more private in the sense that you know uh 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 yeah for a longer period of time so something like this if if this is what your concept is yeah makes definitely makes a lot of sense right because you will now see people uh uh doing more of this it's only a matter of time and yeah the period of time is something which is completely up to the uh, corona gods <laughs> <laughs> yeah but do you do you see this 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 coming in the near future that as the remote work would be more accessible to people and everybody would be uh, like hey the 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 romanticization with the small city going to a village having a dog and having a farm next door i think that'll be more accessible now and people would start uh, decentralizing themselves from larger cities uh, i mean that's that's what i think what do you what do you say about this abash 100% 100% uh, i definitely see this happening you know uh, uh, some reverse migration uh there are a couple of factors here because i i was discussing this with a friend uh, some time back and of course uh, uh, at springworks also this is something with that we discuss a lot uh there are a couple of factors here one is of course you know people with families so they have uh, uh i mean i'm talking about uh, not just you know people with kids or parents in that in their case it's definitely not going to work but even when you you're just a you know husband wife couple 
the wife's company might not allow remote, right? So in that case, you will have to stick to the city maybe. In my case, at least that's the uh, thing. The other factor here is, yes, I do want to go back to uh, not my hometown in particular because, uh, you know, the kind of people that I meet here, right? Yeah. Currently, I'm not meeting anyone offline, right? Because of this pandemic. But that kind of network, I mean, of course, we can do it online and all of that. But at some point, you need that human connection. And that is kind of difficult in a smaller town. And and that's where places like Nomadgaon will come in. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. So there yeah. you hang out with like-minded. Why does Bali work, right? Because there are so many people who are like-minded who are doing the same thing as you. So that's yeah. where, you know, a concept like Nomadgaon comes in. Uh, I think, yeah, that is much more likely than you going back to your place and, you know, doing yeah. farming on the side or that kind of stuff. Yeah. That slightly unlikely to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've you've worked you've worked for a, a couple of e-learning uh, platforms in India. You were with Baiju's. You were with Gyan, making it a short word. Uh, <laughs> how do you see is the, the how do you see the future of e-learning in India? Uh, interesting. Uh, so yes, uh, having been uh, having you know launched uh, and so just to give you give the people who are listening and to you guys a quick context of what. Uh, Gyan Lab uh, was doing is we were essentially we had essentially created these project kits uh, for school students and so the idea was you know at school you're essentially learning from a teacher by listening to them right and uh, then the second level of learning is of course visual which is more like what uh, uh, something like by Jews, right? Which is more visual in the sense they have these high production value videos, uh, which almost look like movies, at least th- that is what they claim, right? And uh, But the highest level of learning or the purest form of learning is by doing, right? So that was the idea behind Gyan Lab, wherein we give these project kits, which have all these components, and then there are experiments. So each kit is an experiment of itself. And the kids then build build these prototype prototypes and these experiments. So by doing uh, learning by doing that was the uh, concept there. So that is of course slightly less scalable. I mean there are a couple of companies that are doing this, but not on a school level. It's more of a you know we will send monthly. You take a monthly subscription and we will send these kids to your uh, uh, son or daughter, your kid, and they can you know do these cool fun experiments so that is of course much less scalable in that sense uh much more scalable is what baiju's is doing right so e-learning so what what is going to happen is of course for now it's very new uh you know the one of the biggest challenges that i see from all these apartment groups and other groups that i am part of where you have parents uh, who are shocked who for the first time are seeing uh, uh, their kids' teachers teaching their kids, right? Because before that, they couldn't be in, in the school watching these teachers. But now they're able to see them on their laptops, on their uh, computer screens. And they are shocked with the quality of teaching. And I mean, I am shocked that they are shocked. <laughs> it is shocking that they didn't know the quality of teaching that was happening in schools, right? So the problem here is you have some of the best teachers out there 
but they can only teach maybe these 40 or 50 kids at a time and uh, you are restricted by of course the geography you are also maybe restricted by the uh, uh, monetary thing right so you might be in a a uh, uh, medium expensive school versus you know or maybe you know there is a good teacher in medium expensive school as well so all of that is there but now what i see as the pinnacle of e learning is the best teachers teaching you teaching yeah Do- teaching everybody duplicating teaching themselves everybody. by video and exactly. then yeah exactly why not why should you be like even if you take the example of youtube that's what it is right if you if you remove all the entertainment part of it from the equation uh, that's what essentially youtube is you can learn from the best of the best out there you want to learn email marketing you can learn from the best out there for you free. can learn the, yeah for free uh, from the founder of convertkit right you can learn email marketing from them uh you want to learn coding like there are so many options i am just amazed by the number of options that are out there if you want to learn coding right so why should you restrict yourself to a particular teacher who might not be good at their craft and that is not the problem of the teacher if you think about it as a society we have been i mean teaching is one of the least paying professions how do you expect someone to get better at something if you have been paying them peanuts and you have been paying them peanuts for years at a time there is just no incentive for them to get better unless you know they are intrinsically motivated to uh, be a good teacher they take their responsibility they take their responsibility very seriously so it's it's a problem the society as well so e learning where it is heading is you know the best teachers uh i to envision like byju's is just a start i envision like avengers level of you know animation vfx coming into teaching that is where i imagine this going like when you have all this technology already why won't you use it to do something which is i believe one of the most if not the most critical aspects out there right which is education teaching and uh, at least stem and of course uh, uh, liberal arts that kind of stuff as well yeah i think it's uh, even the even the new generation is ready for it so i see my two two year old nephew he he knows exactly how to use a smartphone so when i was two years old i didn't even know what what a smartphone is so there's so much gap in the way you, your generation and my generation have encountered Correct. education in our lives and i think these guys are ready for the 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 vfx coming Definitely. in their in their hallway and and just see and learn right rather yeah. than uh doing your homework at house and get getting 10 on 10 good mark by the teacher i think things are moving really fast for this uh, new generation correct correct and just like for remote work and uh, uh, uh for this education e learning thing as well right so there is this uh saying that i've been using quite a lot lately is change happens slowly at first and then all at once so you think about it you know we have been talking about remote work for a while now and i mean we use arbitrary timelines right and the timeline that we had been using is 2025 26 is when remote work will take off and you know more person will be more people will be working remotely than in an office 
and then you have this pandemic i mean one silver lining of this pandemic is you know it has all got accelerated and i mean when tcs and infosys they start talking about you know having 20, only 25% of their employees in an office by 2025 you know the change has happened there is no going back at that point yeah the elephants are dancing right <laughs> correct yes you have an inspiring story a lot of people would want to connect with you so what is the best way to get in touch with you sure uh i think inspiring is uh, uh, subjective but uh, definitely would love to connect uh, with people and twitter is definitely the best way to connect with me uh, twitter is the most favorite platform uh, in my opinion for me and uh, i am at double a b h a s h k abhash k on twitter uh, that's i think that yeah that handle is there for most of my a uh, social media that works for most of my social media uh, uh, profiles double a b h a s h k on twitter so uh, abhash what are uh, the three things according to you that make a successful remote team or a successful team for that matter sure uh, so i would say definitely uh, communication is one of the factors right so uh when you're working remotely communication becomes that much more important and uh, specifically moving to an asynchronous style of communication right not everything needs to be real time uh, uh it should not be the case that hey uh, if i have messaged you on slack you have to respond to me within 2 minutes or 3 minutes or so right so that is something that we are uh, also trying to uh, we are learning there at springworks Uh, we are learning to uh, do more work in an asynchronous manner uh, we are learning to do more long form writing uh, uh, in terms of you know it should not be this uh, whatsapp style message 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 right one after the other that is just uh, and, and this is something interesting that i uh, saw so there is this company called basecamp uh, which is like the pioneer of remote right so these guys have been remote for almost a decade now and they i mean there is i highly recommend the book rework that is written by their founders uh they also you can look at their blog but uh, the kind of communication style that they uh, are proponents of we would uh, i i mean all remote teams must strive to get there which is basically more long form written asynchronous communication and this one point i found very interesting there was if, when you are doing a meeting if the communication is not written it only helps people in that room right and this is of course if you are in a work in a office setting so if there are six people in the room only they know what happened in that meeting or if you translate it to zoom calls only those six people know what happened on the zoom call whereas when it is written communication all the 100 employees unless it, it is you know something uh, information that you don't want to reveal to 100 employees all the employees in that group or in that channel come to know about that and that is much more important in a remote setting the other thing is we should not be the other important thing to keep in mind is during working in an office setting 
we have had we have inculcated so many bad habits right and one of them of course being meetings right so for every small thing we do a meeting how do we ensure that all those bad habits don't come into the remote setting and you would think that you know how how could that be possible so again the same thing right so if you were doing 10 meetings uh, when you were in office now you are doing 10 zoom calls so that is just the same bad habit that has translated from your office work life to your uh, work from home remote setting right so that should not be the case so the communication uh, uh, i mean don't bring your bad habits from your uh, office setting to your remote setting and uh, number 3 like you said we have discussed this a lot empathy have empathy uh, trust your employees to do the work uh, ensure that your uh, the how you uh, judge productivity is based on output as a function of input and not on the basis of you know how many hours is this person uh, available and all those sort of things so you know we actively encourage Uh, uh uh employees in our organization to block out time on their calendar for deep work like all of the all of our calendars are synced and all of us have access to all of our calendars so we have said hey uh you block out a couple of hours or you know uh, 40 uh, 40 minute slots on your calendar and just say deep work or whatever not available or whatever you know so that no one can reach out to you during that time you are only focused on your work and uh, with the the whole advantage with tools like slack and you know zoom etc is that you can just it's very easy to you know put a status saying hey i'm not available for the next 40 minutes because i am doing deep work or i am washing dishes i am having lunch i just went out for grocery shopping so the whole thing is you know communication needs to be very very clear uh that's why one of the tenets in our culture manifesto is err on the side of over communication whenever you feel like if you are having a doubt whether this will clearly explain your stance go ahead and write add five more sentences to whatever you are writing or if you are saying something uh repeat it explain it a little more it's always better to err on the side of over communication yeah. especially so i i hear a lot of things from the best camp playbook i'm personally a big fan they also have another book called it doesn't have to be crazy at work and yeah so that book is crazy really the yes. pinnacle of how a remote team should be correct so yeah there are so many examples right so there is uh, of course base camp there is gitlab uh, uh, Zapier, yeah, Zapier is a fully remote company. Figma, all of these are fully remote companies. I mean, there are enough examples out there. Uh, uh, statistically, still insignificant if you look at the number of fully remote companies. Yeah. But those numbers are going to go up Crazy. in the next year. And that's what the what the aim of this podcast is to educate people with, with the power that remote working gives gives it to you, and the freedom that it can give to your life. and then you can use that freedom to bring changes to your own life or that of others so that's what remote explorers podcast is all about correct yeah i and i agree this is a great initiative because see uh, uh, currently when we are talking about examples we are all talking about us companies or you know foreign companies 
we have not mentioned a single Indian company except for, you know, the TCS Infosys example. So it's important that someone takes the initiative uh, uh, to start building that community of, you know, uh, around remote working. And I'm glad that you guys have taken the initiative of... Going forward, we'll talk about Springworks also. We hope to be. We hope to be. Yeah, that just makes sense. And it's good to be that torchbearer, right? And uh, I also would like to thank you guys because, uh, uh, like, of course, this is the first podcast of the series, but this is the first podcast for me as well. And especially, you know, speaking about remote work while I have been speaking all this uh, an hour or so for the last hour or so, that this is something that has been on the back of my mind, hey, that we should be talking a lot more about this, you know. Uh, uh, the only literature that we have as of now is all the LinkedIn and Twitter posts that we have been doing. And uh, that is, of course, uh, 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 not something that will remain there for a long time, right? So long form like a podcast. Thank you so much, Abash, for joining us today and uh, giving us an insight into your life and uh, and the organizations that you work for. Thanks, Abash. Thank you. Thanks, Mayur. Thanks, Shazada.